All right. Welcome to Political as Heck, a podcast where we discuss Utah politics and policy. I'm Corey Astle, joined as usual by Utah State Senator Todd Weiler. Hey, Todd. Hello, Corey. Hello. And joining us tonight to perform a little wrap-up of the 2022 legislative session, we have Senator Kathleen Reby. Welcome, Senator. Welcome. Thank you. And Representative Ashley Matthews. Welcome, Representative Matthews. Thank you. It's good to be here. So great to have you guys with us. You ladies with us, I should say. Before we get started, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe what district you represent, uh, what's your day job. Ashley, can we start with you? Sure, sure. I um, I represent House District 38, going to be 37 out here in uh, the Kearns, West Jordan, West Valley, and Taylorsville. In my other regular day job, um, I work for the Department of Transportation, so being, being a lot of male-dominated spaces, I guess it's just what I do. But, um, and I have um, two kids that kind of take up all the time that politics and, and regular day jobs don't. And, and that's it. I, as far as getting involved in politics, I, I wish that I had a very inspirational or exciting story, but I just showed up and now I'm here. So <laughs> that's all I got. Good stuff. So you said you live in Kearns too? Yes. So I, I went to Hunter High School and I, I grew up at about uh, 54 West, 45th South in West Valley. So, oh, yeah, that's if you still live there, you'd be in my district now. So amazing. Oh, huh? I didn't Good, realize yeah. that. Cool. Well, we'll have to get to know each other better then. Absolutely. All right, Senator Reby, you tell us a little about yourself. So, uh, my name's Kathleen Reby. I represent um, Cottonwood Heights, Midvale, Murray, uh, Sliver of Sandy, Brighton, and the Solitude area. I'm in District 8. After this next cycle, I'll be District 15, and I will no longer represent Murray, which I'm sad about because Murray is such a great, unique town. Um, when I'm not doing my side hustle as a senator, I'm a teacher. I teach K through five in um, Spring Lane and Twin Peaks. My, I'm a specialist who helps with uh, integrating technology. I got into politics as a teacher, um, kind of doing educator on the Hill and uh, a little frustrated with some of the laws we were passing. So I ran for the state school board and I won. And then this seat became available as a Senator. And I looked at the numbers and I said, hmm. when I throw my hat in the ring. And ever since then, I've been really enjoying representing the people of eight and um, working hard to help our schools and advocate for them. Um, what school did you go to when you uh, lived in Kearns? Uh, West Valley city. I went to Hunter high school. Yep. When you in elementary school too. Uh, Hunter Elementary and Kennedy Junior High School. So. I know exactly where those are. <laughs> All right. So uh, thanks. Thanks for that. Good to get to know you a little bit better. So I think if, if you don't mind, let's let's just start with the, the most controversial topic. HB 11 legislature finished the night on, finished the week, finished the session. Uh, transgender sports. Yeah. Let, let me jump in there. Um, why don't you go first? Yeah. So um, the... The good sponsor, uh, Representative Berkland, who was on the show last week, she's worked all session on, she, had, she ran a bill to do an outright ban last year, and it didn't pass the Senate. And so she's worked really hard on this commission where they would kind of take these transgender female athletes and kind of put them on a bell curve of how they compared to other, um, you know, similarly aged uh, female athletes, you know, that should be, that, that the transgender female would be competing against to, to see, you know, if they're too strong or too, you know, too much bigger than, than ostensibly the committee would say no. Uh, but, but it would probably allow some people. And so what happened with her bill was 
um, the the LGBT activists were not getting everything they wanted, and the kind of the anti uh, LGBT sports players um, were not getting everything they wanted. So they both opposed it, and I got hundreds of emails against this commission idea. I did not get a single email in favor of it. Literally, nobody was in favor of it. And um, you know, the election last week of the legislature, and this has never happened before, and will probably never happen again but it coincided with the filing period. So a lot of half of my colleagues in the Senate and all of Representative Matthews colleagues in the House, they, they have people filing for their seats against them. And so a lot of these senators were saying, well, wait a second, I don't wanna vote on this bill, especially before the filing period and maybe motivate someone else to file against me if they don't like my vote. And I don't wanna go back to the delegates next Tuesday for the caucus and have to explain my vote on this. So. Um, in the Senate, you know, we couldn't get 15 votes for this committee. And so kind of as a last minute thing, um, you know, we, there was a substitute ran and, and an all out ban uh, was passed, which, you know, surprised and shocked a lot of people. But remember, we had hearings last year on the outright ban and we had hearings this year on the committee. And so neither of these were new comments. Neither of these had not gone before the public. Now, this exact sub did not get uh, a hearing, but it, it wasn't that different than, than the hearings we had. And on the flip side of this, Corey, I know you were in favor of the outright ban, and I think the three of us are all against it. Let me just tell you, LGBT teens are seven times more likely to commit suicide than um, non-LGBT teens, and transgender teens are even more likely, more than seven, seven times more likely uh, to commit suicide. So as a lawmaker, I'm not sure that I want to you know, shine a spotlight on these kids that are already dealing with a lot of obstacles in their lives and, and, and make them feel like the full force of the state of Utah is now uh, making sure that they can't do what other teenagers can do. Um, most of these teens don't want to play sports anyway. I, I believe last year we were told that there was one transgender teen in the whole state trying to compete. This year we were told there were four. I talked to a referee today who happens to be one of my neighbors He's refed two volleyball games, state tournament games, where, where two of these four trans kids played. He told me a couple of interesting things. Number one, um, he said that neither of them, neither of their athletic abilities impacted the outcome of the game. Uh, I think that's code for saying they weren't that good, okay? That the girls, you know, were, were outperforming, the, uh, the, the biologically born girls were outperforming the trans girls. But number two, he said, you know, a year or two ago, you know, the, the high school athletic association told him that he needs to verify their gender. And he said, how exactly do you want me to do that? Um, and, uh, you know, are they supposed to pull down their pants? I'm sorry, but how are you supposed to verify their gender, especially now because our state Supreme Court will issue them a new birth certificate. And so um, even had, um, even with or without this ban, if somebody shows up and says, I'm, I want, I'm a girl, I want to play, who's going to tell them, no, you're not a girl. Um, I, I mean, who's going to do that? And how are you going to say they're not a girl? And so I, I think logistically, this has all kinds of problems. But the last thing I'll say is there's been about 10 states, including Idaho, that have issued bans. And, and it's my understanding that federal courts have enjoined them in all 10 states. So even if this ban is not vetoed, we expect that it would be enjoined by the 10th Circuit. And um, that's all. So I voted no for all of those reasons. Um, I don't know, Kathleen or Ashley, if you want to add to any of that. Do you mind if I jump in? Yeah, yeah, please. 
Okay. Um, we had a very, very robust conversation on the Senate floor. And uh, one of the things that really was the defining moment was process. And so this is my fourth session. And this is the fourth year that we've actually brought in something really weighty at the last like five hours of the session. So that was one of the things that many of the senators referenced when they said that this isn't really ready. One of the things that I talked about as a person who's played sports our whole entire life and continues to enjoy non-competitive sports is that this is going to impact everyone. So um, there are lots of sports out there that you play for your own personal gain. And um, as I've talked about it nonstop since we left on Friday, this seems to be the conversation that all of my friends asked me about is that, you know, maybe we need to look at having a genders, uh, male and female, and then having records for trans kids, you know, but right now it's only four kids and two of them, I guess, aren't really breaking any records <laughs> from what Todd said. So, I mean, that's something we really need to look at, um, really creating a lot of policies for four children that really negatively will impact them. Um, Senator Bramble mentioned that, you know, you're there protecting us and, you know, in a room full of men to get up and say that you're protecting one of the four female that's one of the four females that was on the floor that day. It's like, I don't need your protection from this right now. None of the girls I know, none of the women I know really are ready to make a ban on transgender sports for, for kids when they really are at a high rate of suicide and depression and, you know, a lot of those things. And then um, the things that we've talked about in the past is when you're going to start creating policies, we need to really look at the age of the transitioning, what the weight of the person is. I mean, there's so many variables that go into this. That's really a hard, it's a hard question to figure out. And um and as uh, Senator uh, Weiler mentioned, you know, a cis girl that's not in that spectrum of what's normal size would now be questioned. And so if I was in a playoff and in the middle of the playoffs, was that that girl's way bigger than the rest of the girls? Are they going to pull her out right then? Is she going to be prohibited from playing in the in the playoff then or for a week? And when are they going to get this commission together? So it just it really creates a, a lot of questions that we really don't have answers for. And, you know, even as a school teacher, you don't create a rule and a, a rule in your classroom if you can't enforce it and it doesn't have good parameters. And so I think that this really had more questions than answers for it right now. So um, I was obviously a no. Representative I'm still ready to have a conversation about it. Uh, I don't have anything too much more to add. I think actually Senator Weiler hit all the, all of the main points. Um, that I had to make, but I did, the one thing that I didn't hear mentioned earlier was that just the, the emphasis on the competition when, you know, when I, and understanding that this is coming from somebody that has no athletic ability whatsoever. So I've Same never excelled me. at any type of sport at all. Um, but, but, you know, we still try, I'm not good at things, but I do them. And it's because of the, you know, the teamwork and, you know, kind of the camaraderie and just just feeling like you belong and doing something that you enjoy and and I think that's especially in you know in high school and in, and in junior high I think that's I think that's more of the point and I could be you know not knowing what I'm talking about but but I I the emphasis on the competition and not just playing it they're sports they're supposed to be for fun so anyway I don't I don't like the idea of taking away for kids fun. So anyway. And Corey, one thing I brought up in committee, because I voted no on this in committee as well, is statistically speaking, we have several talented Polynesian female teenage athletes in this state. And if you look at their stats, 
their stats, they're generally taller, bigger, and stronger than Caucasian females. And we don't regulate them. Um, and, and I just think that's an interesting side note. So, so I guess I kind of give a view from, from the other end. I mean, I, I, I definitely think that we should be compassionate. I don't want to question what people feel inside. I take their word for it. I, I do think, though, that, that this narrative that if you believe in the integrity of competition, if you believe that women should have, a, and there's a reason that men and women compete in different leagues, you know, that there's a reason that, uh, you know, if you believe in the integrity of competition, that somehow you hate trans people. I, I just really reject that. I think that, so I think Corey, that people really. You're the referee. I'm 15. I show up. Some of the uh, coaches. So, so Todd, team. you, you raised this and, and you, you and you and Senator Reby both raised there. There's legitimate questions to work through, but it doesn't seem to me like this is a good faith conversation, right? I mean, you, you started this, uh, this, this show by saying that the folks from, from uh, Equality Utah and so forth had no real interest in coming no, to some sort they of a, a middle ground. I'm just saying, if, if we have this ban and I'm 15 and I show up with a birth certificate that says I'm a girl and you're the referee, what do you do to verify that I'm a girl? I think those are questions that are, that are interesting and important and they can be worked through. That's, to me, that's what you're doing is skipping the fundamental question of, like, I think there's, I think there's real values that we're, that we're talking about here, a value of inclusion, which I do think is important, but another value of the integrity of competition, fundamental fairness, which we all feel. And I think that a lot of people in Utah just think that some of this is un fundamentally unfair. And, and if there's and two kids that are playing on the volleyball team that aren't very good, I guess my answer to that is, well, then we're not really taking anything from them because they wouldn't have made the team uh, in their biological gender, probably. So yes. not everybody gets to make the team. You know, you know and, and you raise some good points. And I know I have a lot of constituents that say it's not fair for someone who's born biologically as a boy to compete against girls. And it's hard to counteract that argument. All I'm saying is as, as lawmakers, um, I think when we're passing new laws, it's always appropriate to ask, is this enforceable and how would it be enforced? And I think that's where this one really breaks down for me. Another point that we really need to make is that it wasn't that people wouldn't agree. It was that the solutions really didn't answer all the questions. And I don't think it was that um, they couldn't meet in the middle. I think that there was a vague spot of what the middle actually was, because no matter where you went to or where you landed, there was not answers to all the questions. So if you created um, different types of scenarios, it didn't solve the issue that we were trying to solve. So putting the putting all this work on this commission without clear guidelines, how to enforce some of the things that were in the commission also was problematic. So I think everybody kept coming to the table with an open mind, but really the answers were not there and the answers aren't there. Right now we have four kids and if we're gonna talk about how they transition, you can't get a lot of data from four kids. And so you can't make a lot of policy on four kids. And so I think that if this is going to have a trend that increases and we can start getting data on when they transitioned, how they transitioned, who's, who's intersex and who's um, gender dysmorphia, then those are questions we didn't even bring up. So I think that it wasn't that we couldn't agree. It's just that there are so many variables that are in place that we really don't have a good policy just yet. And um, banning, is, ban banning is hard for all the reasons we've mentioned. So um, I think it's just there's too many questions that you can't answer right now. And we really do need to look at it longer.
Senator, uh, Representative Matthews, I wonder if you could give us a sense for what's your reflections on the 2022 legislative session? Is there, are there uh, a couple of things that stood out to you or how do you, how do you evaluate your work over this last session? Um, you know, that's a hard question for me because it's only, it's only my second session and last session, um, was very, very different from this session because of, you know, the COVID, um, restrictions and things like that. So even though I had one session under my belt, I went into this session feeling like I kind of knew what, and it was, it was not at all what I remember it being. So I kind of had to be the new kid twice. Um, so, um, overall, I would say, I definitely learned a lot more about process because the process was was different in a lot of ways this year. Um, but I would say overall, you know, when you average everything out, even even everything that happened at, you know, nine o'clock at night on the last day of session, um, I, I would still say that that as an overall legislature, we passed way more good laws that help more people and do more good things than the couple that kind of, you know, squeaked through that that maybe, maybe we don't love. Um, I, I had a couple bills that I had really worked on that I was really excited about that had been brought to me by my community. Two of them did not make it. Um, they died on the board for, for sign die, but the one that did squick through was one that, um, had been brought to me by, um, by the Kearns precinct out here. So I was proud that I could, you know, do something that was, that had come from my community. So I could tell my community that I did something for them. Um, but so just, I just hope that, uh, that next year we can just pick up where I left off from this time and, and, uh, kind of see those through the, to the finish line. And I, I don't know, I should have started with somebody that knows what they're doing first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Senator Reby, what are, what are your reflections on the session? So uh, a big joke in education is that we would much prefer if legislation got together and did nothing at all. <laughs> We'd be much better off. And so that I kind of laughed because none of my bills went anywhere. So I guess I fulfilled that requirement for my education friends. Um, I do run a, a couple of bills that I kind of know are going to struggle and not going to go anywhere. But it's, um, it's, it takes a while for you to change the minds of people. And having all those Eagle Forum kids sit next to me maybe might help. Uh, their mom did agree with the bill for um, expanded health care. Um, so I'm, I'm always trying to advocate for education and trying to mediate education and um, step and in, step into those education conversations. And um, that's I think education did really well. Um, we were we did a lot of focusing on early literacy and early education. So those were um, great to prop up and help along. Uh, I did see a lot of talk about mental health with wraparound services. And so that's really a nice thing that we're really starting to look at people as a whole individual and understand that there's trauma in our lives and that actually impacts us by using other services like police and fire and uh, schools and hospitals. And so I think we're looking at that a little bit more um, as a, a holistic approach, as well as homelessness. And some of the things that most people recognize was that we actually are kind of... Um, scratching away at local control and trying to, uh, in my opinion, diminish some of those responsibilities we give to county officials and health departments and school districts and school um, and um, just city councils and um, other things like that. So those are the things that I saw this session. Cool. Todd, what do you think? I know you had, uh, I, and let me say, I would be remiss. My dad, 
last thing he said to me today was make sure you ask Senator Weiler about the e-bike bill because he oh. cares about <laughs> it a lot. That bill was cursed. Uh, I've passed the only, well, now the only two e-bike bills, but um, I, I was working with an industry rep who told me there was general consensus to update our e-bike laws. And I quickly found out there wasn't consensus and I watered down that bill and then watered it down some more and then watered it down some more and basically passed uh, a nothing burger e-bike bill that said, as cities and counties develop new trail systems in the future, they should consider the needs of the disabled. That's all the bill did. So that, mm. that bill did pass, but it's a, it's a nothing burger. But um, I was going to say, I'm constantly like a broken record. I'm constantly, and millennials don't know what records are, but I'm constantly saying that um, we, you know, people need to judge the legislature by the bills we pass rather than the bills that are proposed. And there were a lot of, there were two really controversial bills that passed this year. On the very first day of the session, the Senate passed a bill to overturn the mask mandate and then the House took it up a couple of days later. That was very controversial. And on the last day of the session, the Senate passed the, um, the ban on, uh, on trans, you know, uh, trans females participating in athletics, which we've already talked about. And that is gonna be vetoed by the governor. But uh, almost without exception, Every other really controversial bill failed. And I think that that should be an indication to some people that the system works. So Phil Lyman wanted to bring us back to 1982 and have only in-person voting that couldn't get out of his own committee. Um, there were several, uh, there was the voucher bill um, that um, um, the Hope Scholarship that, that the, the House you know, killed on its own. I think it would have died in the Senate. And I think, I know the governor would have vetoed it because he said, and there were several teacher transparency bills, including some that, you know, included attorney's fees for suing the teacher if they didn't do what the parent wanted. And all of those failed with the exception of one that I was involved with. And that that was dubbed as the book banning burn bill. But it's not a book banning burn bill. It's actually a bill that says we shouldn't, you know, we've outlawed pornography in Utah for, for teenagers. And that's true in the other 49 states. So we shouldn't have pornography in our school libraries, but all of the other teacher transparency slash voucher bills failed. I mean, Senator Fillmore passed a, a very small limited expansion uh, of a, a so-called voucher program that's all, already in place that would allow um, uh, siblings of about 40 kids to, to also uh, participate in those programs. But um, so, so I think I'm constantly being uh, criticized by something that one house member proposes that gets voted down immediately. And then somehow that makes me, um, you know, somehow uh, guilty by association. And that's very frustrating for me as a legislator. So a couple of things that uh, stood out to me too, were the, uh, the tax cuts, obviously. Yeah, it turned out a little bit different than the uh, than the governor had had proposed. And, and the tax cuts included an earned income tax credit EITC on the state level for the first time ever, which will benefit a lot of uh, poor working families in this state. Which, which I think the legislature should be applauded for. And mm -hmm. Social Security, and, and it and also further cut the 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 double tax on Social Security, which which I've been railing against for seven years now. Mm -hmm. And I, I know the Democrats were reluctant to vote for that, but because we had the EITC, the earned income tax credit, and then also the Social Security, it made it really hard for us not to support that bill. Yeah, that's a good point. So another one that stood out to me is Great Salt Lake bills, all the water bills. I mean, there's that, a Utah Lake bill, too. Um, and the Utah Lake bill, of course, very important for us down here in Utah County. But yeah, um, it seemed pretty important. But any any thoughts on on those bills? 
Well, I, I think Excuse that me? the most the, the most important thing we're doing for the Great Salt Lake is we're installing secondary water meters. I got one installed in my yard, and I know I'll use less water next summer because of it. So um, if we use less water, there's more water that's going to be left over to run into the lake. So I don't know. I didn't mean to cut off you, Kathleen. I was just asking if you had any any thoughts about the water bills. And I don't remember uh, such a focus on water, particularly the Great Salt Lake in, in years past. So anyway, Never before. any thoughts on that? No, never before. But, you know, we are starting to realize the impact of not having those um, those resources available. And also, if the Great Salt Lake dries up, it's going to be a toxic waste that's going to blow into Salt Lake City. So that's alarming, very alarming. We actually had the opportunity of flying over the Great Salt Lake and it is really low and it's shocking. And we really do need to make really aggressive steps. Um, I it was interesting to, I think one of our most controversial arguments was Todd's bill for the uh, Utah Lake Authority and trying to save the duck hunting in Utah Lake. So it was my amendment um, to Mikkel's and Brandon's bill. Yeah. So uh, that was a heated conversation. Corey, I don't know if you know this, but um, when the Mormon pioneers entered the Salt Lake Valley in 1847, they measured the Great Salt Lake and we're 10 or 11 feet lower than 1847. That's how mm. bad it is. Yeah. Great stuff. Great stuff. All right, Todd, last word on the session. Um, we passed 513 bills of those there are 208 were, were house uh, were Senate bills the rest were house bills. Um, we passed, I think, I don't know, $25 billion budget uh, with historic increases for deeply affordable housing um, increases in education funding. And I think 55 million for the great salt Lake to help preserve that. Um, I think a billion dollars for transportation projects um, and, you know, a lot of people, you know, will say, well, why are you spending so much money? Well, it's, it's, it's some of it's federal money. Some of it's because our economy is, is really strong and uh, we, we balance our budget every year. So I think it was a good session uh, overall for me personally. It was a good session. I passed 20 bills, which is probably 19. Wow. Congratulations. But, uh, <laughs> honestly, that's great. I usually, I passed 24 one session, but this is the second highest. I, I usually average around 15. But um, I had a really good intern this year. So I, um, I really enjoyed the session. Uh, I was a little negative about it coming in, but uh, it, was, it was a good session. And, I, you know, I'll, I'll just say this, Corey. I think the legislature is filled with imperfect people trying to do their very best uh, for the state. And we don't always get it right. But when we get it wrong, we can always come back next year and fix it. So can I just say one thing about those 513 bills? Out of those 513 bills, I think 90% of them is a unanimous vote. And that shows to the credit that we all work really hard behind the scenes and we work really hard to find common ground. And so people don't understand how much we do work and how much we do agree about a lot of things that happen up in the Capitol. So I always try to mention that every time I meet with constituents, how frequently we agree on a lot. The Republicans and Democrats up on the Hill, we, we enjoy each other. We like each other and we work together more often than we work against each other. Sorry to interrupt you. I was just going to say, from my perspective, I've, I've spent, uh, you know, 15 years working in Congress, and uh, it's very, very different. It's, it's pretty cool to see how, I mean, honestly, week to week, when Todd and I are thinking through, like, what are we going to, what, what should we talk about with legislators? Like he said, I mean, there's, there's usually only like one or two things, maybe, that were controversial. By and large, everything is moving, where in Congress, nothing is moving. <laughs> everything is controversial. Anyway, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate your perspectives. Thanks for all your hard work. 
Congratulations to Senator Weiler for 20 bills. That is amazing, man. Wait, well, I sit next to Senator Don't encourage Harper. him. Do not encourage him. <laughs> I sit next to Senator Harper and he had 19. So that last day we were neck wow. and neck because we're, we're both a little competitive with each other. So, all right. That's it. Right. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.